Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. I've actually titled today's message, There is a Hole in My Bucket, Dear Liza, Dear Liza. And um, advanced apologies if uh, that song is in your head, but it's been in my head for like literally a whole week. And so I can't wait to preach this message to get that song out of my head. It'll be really, really good. If you've got your Bibles here this morning, we're going to go through some scripture. Uh, it'd be great to have your Bibles here, um, whether it's electronic or whether that's uh, in a paper format. We're going to dive into John 14. And across the last sort of 13, 13 or 14 weeks, we've been just walking through scripture. And it has been a walk. Um, Ali said to me yesterday, are we still in John? It's like, are we still in this? Like I said, yeah, we're still in John. We're in chapter 14. And it's actually something powerful about walking through Scripture and not being in such a rush all the time. And, uh, and in our series of following Jesus, we want to be able to look at the life of Jesus. We want to look at what His living Word is saying. And it's been a walk for us. And, and so we're in our series following Jesus. Uh, and this morning, I want, to, I want to actually focus on a couple of verses that, that Jesus actually promises us something in John 14, and he promises the Holy Spirit. And a little bit of context in what's actually happening in right now in this particular con- in, in, this, in this story is that Jesus, he's already sent Peter and John away. They've gone and created a bit of a feast, and they sit around a table, and they are, what we now know is they're actually sharing the Last Supper. And across the next few chapters of John, uh, it's Jesus teaching basically his last moments um, in his time in ministry uh, with his disciples. It's a really powerful time, and I want you to picture they're, they're around this table, and they're around a time where they're, they're sharing in communion. And, and Jesus, he, he, he actually has a bit of a message for them. He's saying, hey, I've been with you for the last three or so years, and we're doing ministry. We've been able to see people's lives transformed, and I've been able to, to turn you know, the kingdom upside down a little bit. And he's basically saying that my time here on earth is coming to an end. You can imagine for his, his, his disciples that was a really heavy thing for them to be able to hear and understand and, and receive during this time. And so he's sharing this message to them, but he's given them some hope in this also. And he says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. So verse 15, it says, If you love me, give me a little wave here this morning if you love Jesus. Woo, woo. Um, if you love me, he says, you will keep my commandments. Now notice here the order. He doesn't say... If you, can meet my, if you meet my commandments, then I'll love you. He's saying, if you love me, then you will keep my commandments. What he's saying here, there's, there's, there's a source for us to be able to keep his commandments. There's a source, there's a reservoir, there's a dam. There's a, we're out of love, you keep the commandments here this morning. You know, I have some people sometimes say to me, Dan, why do you go to church? Um, well, well, I'm the pastor, so I kind of have to come to church. But, you know, why do you, come to, why, why do you serve, Dan? Why, why do you give your tithe? Why do you find yourself in a place where you, you, know, you, you want to try and forgive people all the time? Or why, why do you do this kind of stuff? Why, why are you in a place where you know, the, the, the times when you, you don't want to have to give, you, you, you give? It's because there's a reservoir of love for Jesus that I have that I want to be able to pour out and follow his commandments, follow after his ways. And my hope, my prayer is that we will be a church that is passionately on fire for the things of Jesus. That not because we're trying to earn His love. Let me give you a hot tip. You can't earn His love. He loves you already. 
He sent his one and only son to the cross so out of love for you. You can't earn his love. But because we have the opportunity now to love him, we then also have the chance to be able to do his commandments. And we need to be a church that out of love, the source of love, our lives are indeed transformed. Love makes you do pretty crazy things, Tom, sometimes. And uh, I'm a dad, and uh, I share this story very briefly with our, our college guys. And uh, I, I never, ever wanted to ever be in a dance recital, ever. But my daughter, when she was four or five, she loved, guess what? She loved dance. And I found myself going to dance recitals, often in protest, I might be able to say. But love makes you do weird old things. And I want to encourage us, out of love, let's follow his commandments, let's follow his ways. But you can't follow his ways unless you know his ways. That's why you've got to be in the Word. You've got to make sure you're stirred up by his living Word. Verse 16 says, And I, this is Jesus, will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. This morning, I want to speak about the helper. I want to speak about the helper that Jesus promises us. Jesus promised 2,000 years ago that he still promises today. We close our eyes and pray. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I pray in this place there may be space for him to be able to move here today. I pray for every single life here today. Every single person has come through these doors, whether it's their first time or 1,000th time. I pray that we may indeed be able to be, open our eyes opens to the revelation of your word. Let it stir in our hearts. Let it be the difference, Lord Father, I pray. And God, we pray for the mighty victory of the blues on Wednesday night. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. We've got to put that in there this morning. Those crazy Queenslanders. Any Queenslanders here this morning? Get out, get out. Off you go, off you go. You know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's some mixed reactions that people get in the room. And in room this size, no doubt there's different experiences you guys might have had or different understandings that you might have had with the Holy Spirit. Many are very happy to preach about God the Father or God the Son. Yeah, Jesus, he's the one who went to the cross. He's, one, he's my Savior. I'll, I'll preach about him, Dan. But sometimes when you talk about the Holy Spirit, people are like, whoa, whoa, just ease it down, Dan. Just like, oh, it's going to calm it down a little bit. We don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit here. And like, there's some weird and wacky kind of stuff that happens at times. And, you know, let's just, just how about, let's ease up turbo. Just, just, just preach about God and Jesus and let's just keep it there. But there is a promise here that the Jesus is giving, saying, hey, I'm, my time here is done. I've, I've, I've had my moment here. Now I'm going to return to the Father, and I'm promising you a helper. And later on, we actually you know, read about the fact that it's actually to our advantage. Because here's the thing. Whilst Jesus was fully God, he was also fully man. And what he's saying is an advantage that, that the Holy Spirit has, that he can be everywhere, anytime, for every single person. He's not limited to physical things. He's saying these things. And uh, I want to remind this church that we are a Trinitarian church. We're a church that believes in God the Father. We're a church that believes in God the Son. We're a church that believes in, in God the Holy Spirit. And though they do different things, they are all worthy of being praised here this morning. Now, as we baptize Brad, we, we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit this morning. And the Holy Spirit's not like a junior Jesus. Like, a, like an imitation. The Holy Spirit is fully God. And this morning, I felt in my heart to be able to share with our church that we need the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
And this might make a few feel uncomfortable, but I want to encourage you as your pastor that this is something that we all desperately need. That we don't need to do this journey alone. That we actually have the power of the Holy Spirit with us. You know, I know that for some of you guys here this morning, you would have had moments and even stories in our church where, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit comes. You wouldn't dare get prayed for unless someone was standing behind you. Like, oh, if you're going to pray for me, I need to be able to have somebody behind me because I'm going to be slayed right now. For some of you guys, you've been in experiences where you've been healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. For some of you guys here, on the other side of the spectrum, you might even feel like you're the, the believers in Acts 19. When, when, when Paul's actually going around, and he asks this question in Acts 19, verses 2, he says, hey, when you received Jesus, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And the believers go, Holy Spirit? Who the heck's the Holy Spirit? And these, these are the believers, these are people who have followed and, and believed in Jesus. And so there's a whole range of experience that people can have when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I guess I want to try and find a bit of a midpoint here this morning because I believe that this message is for every single person here today. You know, sometimes we get a little bit cautious around the Holy Spirit because it potentially can get a little bit weird. You know, if I can be honest, church, I think we need a bit more weird in our church. I like the weird stuff when people get healed. I like the weird stuff when people's lives get completely transformed. I don't want us to be like a, a church in the, the back end of Acts 19 again where it says there was a, was a form of godliness. I want the real McCoy. I, I, want, I want God, the Holy Spirit, moving in our lives all the time. And if we're open to it, this is such an important thing. If we surrender our lives, if we're open to say, God, come and fill this space in my life, then I know that God's going to do amazing, amazing things. Yeah, Jesus in John 14 says, I'm going to give someone to you that's going to be your helper. Anyone here need help? Anyone sitting next to somebody who married someone who needs help? <laughs> A few more hands there right now. <laughs> we all need help. I'm sending someone. In you know, other translations, it says that uh, I'm sending you a comforter. And this word comforter in the original Greek, it means perikletos. And perikletos is a word that we don't necessarily use all that much as these days. But you can understand that when Jesus was around that table and he sort of shares this word perikletos, every single person around that table knew exactly what he was meaning. He said, I'm going to give you a perikletos. Now, the closest translation that we have today of perikletos is, uh, is, is a defense attorney. That he's a defense attorney that God has given us to be with us. So he, what, what this looks like, this, this word perikletos, the closest translation, like I said, is a defense attorney. If you need representation, your perikletos will come and represent you. If you need support, your perikletos will come and give you counsel. If you need advice, your perikletos, he will come and give you wisdom. If you need guidance, your perikletos, he will come and lead you. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the perikletos that our church, that individuals, our families, our, our marriages need so desperately. This is the perikletos. He'll be your wisdom. He'll be your defense. He'll be your comfort. He'll speak through you. He'll speak for you when you don't have the words to be able to speak. He will indeed be your comforter and your helper. Church, this is the Holy Spirit that we need here this morning. I don't know about you, but I need my perikletos in my life. I need the feeling of Him. And so about 50 days later, after Jesus, He goes to the cross, He dies, He rises again. He spends some, some, some amazing times, which I can't actually preach, can't wait to be preached about. 
when, when Jesus actually is resurrected, he goes and visits a whole bunch of people, which is kind of crazy just to think about it. And I can't wait to preach about it in a few weeks' time. But there is a, he does the visitations, he goes and sees people. And, 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 but then he, a little bit later, we read about 50, years, 50 days later, um, Jesus, uh, he says these words in Acts 1 verses 8. He says, but you will receive power. Everyone say power. I like that, power. Uh, power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So let's just get this straight a little bit. So we see that there's a receiving going on. Now, to be able to receive something, it has to be given. Yeah? I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Someone want to volunteer? Come on. Come on there, Fran. And this is Lauren. Lauren is, Lauren is Lauren's a legend in our church. I, um, and by the way, this is not plans. She just put her hand up, and um, sometimes it's a dangerous thing to put your hand up when the pastor says, who wants to be a volunteer? Um, but Lauren, I'm so proud of you, Lauren. Lauren is someone who, um, when I first met her, can I, tell you, can I tell you a story a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I first met her, I, she was actually a student in our college, and um, so I have a bit of a history there. And, um, and then we, I, I finished teaching and became a pastor, and we probably didn't necessarily talk for a few years. You obviously were a part of youth ministry, and Nick actually invited Lauren to come and be an intern in, in our church. Can I get a shout out for anyone who wants to do an internship? It changes your world. It's so good. Anyway, so Lauren, and I remember um, inviting Lauren to be able to share a, 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 a two-minute devotional, and she said to me, Dan, there's no way I could ever do a devotional. No way! And uh, I remember we went to a cafe, and I, I sort of showed her how to write a devotional and just how to basically... Do your own kind of devotional, your own kind of world soon. Um, two weeks ago, guess what Lauren just enrolled for? She enrolled for Bible college. And um, I'm so proud of you, Loz. You're, you're, you're a machine, mate, and doing great, great things. And um, All right, so back to my preaching. So we, we have this idea of, of uh, we can receive something. So for, in order to be received, you need to be able to give. Everyone with me so far? I'm going to break it down real simple today. Now, to be that, if I was to give you a gift, and let's, let's do a, a pretend gift right now, okay? You've got the gift. Now, you receive it. Now, let's imagine it's wrapped up or it needs to be redeemed in some kind of way. The power of the gift is when you unwrap it and redeem it. All right, let's get real now. I have a gift for Lauren. I'm going to give you this gift. Now, this gift is of worth. She's like... Is this real? Is this serious? It's of value. It's not a fiver. It's not a 10. It's not a lobster. It's not a pineapple. We've got a real Benjamin right here. It's of value. Now, there's a receiving that's going on. There's a giving. There's a receiving. But if this was to stay in her hands, if this was just to stay in her wallet or the side part of her car, or like my wife has little hiding holes for like where she stores her money throughout the whole house. Now we're going to be robbed, that's right. She's like, I've got little secret compartments. Like, oh, do you just? I wonder where my cash goes all the time. It's of no value. But if she takes it, what do you want to buy? A laptop, all right. Well, donations for laptop today. Um, she, when she puts that money towards something, it becomes redeemed. 
And this is what the Holy Spirit is. We can receive it, but then it says, why can we receive it? To be witnesses. The redemption, the opportunity that, yes, it transforms our life, but it's there to be the light of the world as well. Thank you so much, Lauren. You're a legend. That's yours. That's yours. yours. Well done. All right. If I ask for a volunteer now, everyone's with a hand up. (laughs) Zico, yeah, yeah, okay. There's power in that. There's power in the Holy Spirit. It's an opportunity for us to receive, but then redeem in a place where we can indeed be witnesses to the world around us. That's what we called to be. And 2,000 years later, 120 believers that were up in an upper room, they transformed in the moment where the Holy Spirit pours out into them. And today we see 2.2 billion Christians throughout the world who declared Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Acts 2 verses 1. So Jesus, in Acts 1, he's promised the Holy Spirit to come. Acts 2 is where we start to see it. And we see when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And notice this. Uh, They weren't just together in the same room. They were in one purpose, one, one heart. You know, we can come to church together, but be in very different heart. You can live in the same household as your wife or your husband's and be in different accords. There is power in unity. And it's interesting to me that the Holy Spirit identifies this as being the thing that then activates the Holy Spirit, unity. We're going to fight for unity. There's a contestment for unity. The devil hates unity. He loves deception, and he loves division. And if he can do those two, then like the, like the, the two-edged sword that can slice through us. If we can find ourselves... Eyes open. How we do that? We need to be in the Word of God. But then in unity with one another, with the Holy Spirit, that's when He can come and move. And then it says, And suddenly there came a loud sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty winds, and it filled the whole house. Not just parts. filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now notice here, the Holy Spirit comes and fills the house before he fills the people. When I, when I was looking at this beforehand, I never picked this up before. He fills the house. Atmospheres matter. Can I talk to the parents just for a second? What you allow in your house matters. What boyfriend you allow in your house matters. What Netflix, Netflix, Netflix show you watch matters. Ali and I, we, we had a moment this week. We're watching a very popular show. We just, we're, we're, the, we're the classic. We'll like wait for like four or five seasons to come out of something, and then we'll start to watch something. Um, so well, this, this show's been around for a long time, and, and we started to watch it. We're in one or two episodes, and like I said to Al, we actually went to bed that night. I said, Al, that didn't feel right. That the Holy Spirit was stirring us. Like, this is not right for your home. Dan, you need to stop that. And even though I said to Al, like, I kind of want to know what happens. <laughs> You know when you start something you want to know? But I just knew, no, we need, we need to cut that off. It wasn't right for us. I didn't want that in my home. It's like a supernatural kind of element. In my, I'm cutting that off. It's not good for me. I know it's not good for me. I'm getting rid of it. Out the door. Ali, Ali shared a story beforehand how we had a, a, a drunk guy walk into our house one day. I tell you what, I marched him out real fast. You get out, mate. <laughs> 
And that's what it was like. Like I said, we, we need to cut this off. So what you bring into your home matters. Parents, your kids won't always like you for this. And I'm speaking over here because you guys won't like it, like it the most. But you need to be able to govern what the atmosphere in your home looks like. We, we all the time, we, we look at what Ivy um, watches on, on Netflix. And she doesn't know it, but my phone's linked to my iPad, which is what she watches. I get to see all the time. There's a stock take constantly happening. The atmosphere matters. Marriages, maybe you don't have kids here, or maybe, maybe in a relationship, you're always fighting all the time. Take time to be able to invite the Holy Spirit into the home. Put worship on. Find yourself praying together. Atmosphere matters. When you come into the house of God, it matters. Can I, can I, tell, can I, can I come here, Pastor, just for a second here? We're going to find ourselves in awe of the house of God again. We come ready to be able to worship the King of Kings. We're not just worshiping some lowly beggar on the side, but we're worshiping the King of Kings. And it makes a difference if, if we say, oh, can I bother to go to church today? Oh, I don't know if I can. Oh, maybe, maybe not. The King of Kings knows. We come with our coffee on our hand 15 minutes late. It matters. You know what matters even more? Hey, if we come to church, hey, we come early, we come and say hi to somebody, we say, hey, come on down the front, let's sit together, let's worship the King of Kings, let's be able to serve together in the house, let's be able to build his house because his house matters to him. That is something that the, the, the Holy Spirit then goes, all right, all right, let's go with this now. What we do is we create an atmosphere. Our team, they, they, they worship, they get here early, and sometimes, as a pastor, I'm like, I wish our people were here for the start of the service, where they could engage in worship and lift up the King of Kings, whilst these guys do too. It's not a heavy thing, but if this is a church, we can respond to this. Because why? The atmosphere, it matters. It matters, it matters, it matters. Verse 3 then says, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each. Everyone said each. Each. Notice it happened to all of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues. Today is not a message about speaking in tongues, but I can declare that I'm a, I'm a tongue-speaking, fire-breathing <laughs> kind of person here. I'm believing, and I pray that we all be filled with the power of, of this as well. And so in the early church, everyone was filled with the Spirit. Everyone was filled with the Spirit. And my prayer is that our church, that we'll be filled with His Holy Spirit. Not just because Dan is, not because Ali is but because we have this understanding of the power we can receive because of the Holy Spirit. Okay, catch this. So, I need to come on, go on. Um, Jesus is teaching his disciples in John 14 and 16 about the Holy Spirit. And he's basically saying, my time is finished and my time's coming into an end. And it's basically saying, it's a good thing that I'm going. And he says here in John 16, verse 7, says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So there's the promise that he's giving. Now, if we skip to, to chapter 20 now, just for a second, of, of John. Um, John, <coughs> he writes about, about the fact that um, Jesus, he has been, uh, he's gone to the cross. He's been resurrected. And now he's now appearing again to the disciples and uh, again, I'm going I'm to preach on this particular uh, passage in a few weeks' time. But there is a, a moment that 
that Jesus has with his disciples where he appears to them in an upper room. And the disciples, they're all a bit scared at this time because they're a bit worried about what the, the, uh, the Jewish leaders are going to do to them now. And so they're kind of hiding in this, in this room. And Jesus says that he appears to them. The doors were locked and he comes and he appears to them. I'm not too sure if he walks through a wall or how it all happened, but he appears to them. He basically says, disciples, Peter, John, he goes through and says, this is me. And he shows them the, the hole in his hands. He shows them the wounds in his feet. He shows them the, 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 the injury in the side of his, of his body. And he has a moment with them where he says, I want you to believe this is me. I'm, I'm alive. I've risen again, just as I said that I would. Not just that I'm capable of resurrection, I am the resurrection. And he finds himself in a place where the disciples there, even doubting Thomas. Now, I love doubting Thomas because there's a whole lot of doubting Thomas in me at times. And we find himself that even him, he comes to this place where he, he places his hand on the wounds. He says, this is Jesus. And the Bible says that they, they, received, that they believed and then they received. Because what Jesus does and he says, he actually does something a bit, a bit different. I won't do it to you today because... Not too sure how my minty freshness is going, but he says he breathed on them. Anyone wake up next to your spouse at times thinking, oh, holy moly, you need to brush your teeth this morning. <laughs> but he breathed on them. And the Bible says that he received his spirit. Then we skip forward to Acts. This is where sometimes our theology gets a bit wacky. And I want to help some people out here today. Where Jesus is saying, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And so for some of the disciples, they'd be like, hold on, have we already done that? He says, don't leave until you receive it again. Acts 2, we read about the fact that they're in the upper room and they find themselves being filled with the, the Holy Spirit. Acts 4, we find ourselves in a place where they're under persecution. You know what they do? They pray. And what happens? They get filled again. With the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, Peter starts preaching. Holy Spirit falls in the room. What happens? They get filled again. Acts 12, Peter miraculously escapes from prison and they pray. And again, what happens? They're filled with the Holy Spirit. You see a pattern here? Over and over and over and over and over again, they've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're like me sometimes, you think, well, why does that need to happen? Because here's the thing, the Holy Spirit happens in a moment when we receive Jesus. There's a promise there. But it's also a daily journey, a daily walking with Him. I'm constantly asking for the Holy Spirit to help me out. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to be my parakletos. I need my, you to be my counsel right now. I need you to be able to be the words to be able to speak. I'm desperate for you. Something I learned from Pastor Andrew is that as before I go to every single meeting, I say, Holy Spirit, help me today. Give me the wisdom. Give me, give me the insight. Give me, give me the help that I need right now in order to be, to be the witness that you call me to be. This is what we need, guys. Because here's the thing. I got thinking around, well, what is it that, why is it we need to be filled over and over and over again? Shauna, come and help me out for a second. 
There's no hundred dollars, by the way. Just, just, just so you know. He's like, come on, yeah. Can you, can you stand up here? Here's the thing. All right. We need to be continually filled, because I'm convinced that we constantly leak. And if this is their bucket, and I start off by saying that there's a hole in my bucket, we are the hole. So we, we are the bucket. And what we need is a constant feeling of Him. You have some really hard day, you want to hold the bucket for me? I oh, know, just hold it down so it's nice and strong. We find ourselves leaking a little bit. We have a big fight with our wife or our husband, and we find ourselves leaking a little bit. We find ourselves in a place where we are, are struggling with a big decision and it's consuming us. We find ourselves leaking a little bit. And what happens is that unless we're constantly being refilled over and over and over again, this is where we get real dry real fast. And the Holy Spirit says, I want to be able to come and be a fresh wind. I'm going to ask our band to come up. Thanks, thanks, Shauna. The Holy Spirit says, I want to be fresh oil. The Holy Spirit says, I want to be like living water. You ever gone through brooks where there's no source? It gets stagnant. It gets stale. The Holy Spirit is these things for us. And my hope and my prayer is that we will be individuals, that we will be families that are indeed desperate for a touch of His Holy Spirit. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.